When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, you heard the man, Coverman Central. That's what CBC stands for. It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number one eleven one 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 for October. I don't know what today is. Twentieth, twenty twenty. Is today the twentieth? Ten twenty twenty. I'm Steve Wichel in New Orleans. This is Tony B coming to you live with the calendar from New Jersey. That is <laughs> with the calendar. That's the first time today. I realize today is the twentieth. It's twenty twenty twenty. 10 2020 episode 111 how about that for numerologists out there that, yeah i'm gonna find out what that means because 111 for newer numerologists means like if you're if you see 111 or 1111 anywhere that means you're like in alignment or you're being guided or, or something like that is that is that right that is right um, so every because time I see eleven eleven all the time. Yeah, because so anytime I notice eleven eleven on the clock, I kind of smile and like, ah, oh, you know, it's cool. I'm I'm in the right place, whatever. But uh-huh. but the fact that today is episode one eleven and it is twenty twenty twenty. That ten twenty twenty. Well, ten twenty. Yeah, ten twenty. But it's twenty twenty. So there's three twenties and three ones. Yes. Three yes. ones and three twenties. That <laughs> that's no accident. So, so if you just started listening to this right now, you better listen to the whole thing because this means something. I don't know. Well, what. you know what it is too. Also, one eleven, right? Uh huh. Is um like you said, it, it's it's it takes into account that your path and you're attracting everything that matches your vibration and you know all that stuff, right? Right. Because. It, it, 111 has a lot of different meanings, you know. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna Google it right now, but Google here's it. one I said. It says you allow your true individuality to wake up when number 111 shows up. Wow. Wow. Hey, Chunk is here. Hey, Chunk has been. Mis- Welcome back, Chunk. He's been missing in action. He's been working. He's got a new job. Well, he, had a, he had a little. He had a couple things going on. He's got a new job. New, re- new relocated to a new place. Started a new job. I haven't talked to him much in the last few weeks, but I talked to him the other day. Um, kind of updated some CBC stuff, Coverband Central stuff on CoverbandCentral.com. If you're not part of the website, by the way, CoverbandCentral.com, you can sign up for you, yourself, or your band, or both. You can do both. You just need two d- different emails, I think. Um, but uh, we highly encourage you to do that. And I'm going to touch on something later, why it's really a really good idea to do that. Um, something that I encountered Really, over the last couple, uh, well, over the last couple of days, but especially today. Um, but I'm gonna talk about that later. But um, but how are you doing, my friend? How was your last week, past week, whatever? My last week was excellent. 
Um, like I said, trying to, you know, interestingly enough, so now we're trying to, you know, we have all this downtime with band now, right? Because most of the places that have played out with OC5 were, you know, they, they can't have indoor bands. Right. It's not feasible. Right. So the season's quickly closing up here for outdoor activities, you right. know, by Halloween time, it's over. Come November, you know, it's too cold to right. play outside and whatnot. Right. So we're facing the conundrum of saying, okay, so now you got, you know, November, December, January, February, call it, maybe even into March, you know, sure. solid five months, right? Unless something changes and they do have indoor bands, you know, in the beginning of the year or into, you know, earlier than, than later. But let's just assume that it's March for now, right? Okay. So that's going to have five solid months. Now what to do? So... We can certainly rehearse, but you do have the social distancing thing, and it had to be at somebody's house, you know what I mean? And there may be comfortability issues with doing it that way. Um, so we're going to start to investigate different mediums of, you know, putting together a hit list of things to work on, you know? And I thought that would be a good uh, – I was going to bring it up, but, like, things that we've talked about in the past, but, like, started making a list of all the things that you could be working on if in the event that we can't have band at rehearsal, but let's say you're going to have a that. weekly call. You're going to dedicate a weekly call for at least a half an hour just to keep run point on stuff and make sure that people are doing their homework and you're keeping traction on things. You know what I mean? I like that. I like that. Cause yeah, I so I'm, so I'm going to keep you guys you know, updated on that, almost like a Snapchat story type thing week to week, and we can just kind of follow that process along and see, you know. Yeah. What what comes of it, and also what um, you know, what the fruits of that effort are, you know, because like I said, just from the top of my head, thinking of things like, you know, you can work on background vocals. Everyone learns that, you know, you figure out which part everyone's singing, and then you practice that at home. You can work on medallies because you can figure out tempos and keys and what songs work with what songs and things of that nature. You know, you can up revamp the website. You can get a new. Uh, you know, put some short video clips up that we have from the past couple of gigs, you know, sure. take a still of one of those, put up some new band photos, like let sure. everyone know that you're alive and kicking, you know, and that sure. you're you're ready to go. Yeah, um, dude, I, I love it. And I, I've been considering doing something like that in a write up about the things that you can do productive during the pandemic. And I still really want to do that. And all those things that you just said should be included in that. Yeah. Super important. And you know what, dude? If you do something like that or anybody out there does something like that, you're ahead of just about everybody else because nobody's doing that. Right. Nobody's that diligent to, to really be, when you're not gigging, to really be focusing on stuff that you can do that's productive for yourself or for your band or both. And, and when you come out the other side of this, be like way ahead of the game. Exactly. Be in top form. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you know, good stuff. Physically, mentally, musically, um, yeah. So it's like the time's gonna pass you by, right? Whether we're doing nothing or you're doing something. So I think collectively, if you get everybody in the band on board to keep each other accountable, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Then, th then it'll work. You can't just be like, okay, I'll talk to you in a month, learn these ten songs, right? You know, right? Because you know. Maybe not everyone's going to get to all 10, whereas if you said we're going to learn these 10 songs, let's check in next week and see how we're making progress on the first four. Right. And and speaking of your band, are, is your band aware of Cover Band Central? Are they all on it? Is your band on Cover Band Central? I'm going to guess no. 
No, but I did. That was one of the things I put on the list and talked to them about was social media, and they're totally on board with making a profile and getting on. Okay. So Very absolutely, hundred percent. And I believe you're still not on the website, and you really need to be, because you're part of this whole, you know. Yeah, I was on. I got workings. kicked off. I guess the administrator like canceled my thing. What? I got to talk to that guy. Yeah, Whatever please. I got to get back on. Yeah, get back on there. Get in because you're part of the. Listen, but I'm I'm going to tell you this though. When you know, very shortly, yes, I will get on because I have some big things to unveiling here as well. Okay. Yeah, because well, because you're an integral part. You're part of the inner workings of CBC yes, being a, being CBC. a. You know the podcast partner for for years. Now. Honored and privileged, brother. Yes. Honored and privileged. <clears throat> Very good, thank you. Um, cool. And most excellent, dude. A hundred and eleven episodes. Yeah, one, one, one. Yeah, very. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Commitment, you know, it's committed and it's, uh, you know, it's great. It's really a, you know, I enjoy doing it every week as we have been, you know, for years now, and it's just, uh, you know. I, I'm like I'm used to doing it with you, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, we do podcasts. We got like a hundred something episodes. When I tell some people that who like aren't aware of that, they're like, what? what, what you know, what, how do I get what? Right. How do I how do I listen to it? You know? And yeah. what do you mean you have a hundred episodes? How, how is that possible? Right. Like, I guess it's a lot, you know. It is a lot. And <clears throat> the cool thing about this is that once people discover it, then they they can go back and listen to previous episodes because they're all archived. And, and uh, as usual, the Wisdom Hour takes so many turns and highs and lows and roller coasters, and it's and you talk about a, a thousand things, you know. Yes, not too many lows, but uh, no, no, I meant like valleys, like you know, um, peaks and valleys. Not, not, not depressing low. I just mean like uh, that. That may have been the wrong verbiage to use. More like a very eclectic mix of knowledge. Yes, there you go. I like that. Um, cool. So. Uh, I'm trying to think where to start to talk about. Uh, I, I guess with uh, I, I have a gig upcoming uh, Sunday, outdoor gig, rain or, yeah. rain or shine, coming up, and uh, I went to Crazy Corner on Thursday to pick up my gear because it's been sitting in the closet at Crazy Corner since March 15th, our last gig wow. that we played, and I went. Thursday afternoon to pick up my gear, and uh, I was a little concerned that, uh, I don't know, just that it w wouldn't be where I left it or whatever, and uh, <clears throat> I knew it was going to be kind of challenging to just get in the club because it's been locked, but it all went pretty smoothly. There was a cleaning guy there, and the owner, I texted Tracy, and Tracy, my singer, and Tracy texted the the big manager guy and he he texted her back said uh he's gonna let this cleaning guy he's gonna is gonna let steven so i wasn't there too long i was there for like 10 15 minutes maybe waiting and then this guy opened the door and opened the closet and my stuff was right where i left it and it stunk a little bit but i got my amp and my cabinet out pretty quickly and I was just very curious as to why there was a cleaning guy there. Why is there a cleaning guy at a club that's not open? That hasn't been open for seven months. That Maybe they're preparing to open? Struck me as odd. No, definitely not. 
So none of the clubs by you are allowed open even at a limited capacity? Like up here you're allowed, you know, like say 25% of your indoor capacity. Correct. None of the clubs in the French Quarter. And, and they just moved on to phase 3.2, whatever the hell that is. And it didn't make a difference as far as the clubs are concerned. Everything's still staying closed. No, no, you can't have bands on. Well, they say the 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 uh, way it was worded for performers is no singing and no wind blown instruments. So, so instrumental only without horns and without anybody singing. Right. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, instrumental only. Right. Right. right yep. Correct. Which is dumb. I mean, it's you know, well, it's New Orleans. It's I mean. The brass instruments are, you know, huge here. Slide oh, trombone yeah, no and saxophone and tubas and trumpets and all that. I mean, that's part of the music here, a big part of the music here. And that's a, certainly a wind-blown instrument. But I understand, I understand where they're coming from. People are very pissed here. At, it's the mayor of New Orleans who, who is making this decision. People are very pissed about this, this idea of... Uh, Keeping everything shut down and still, uh, but I get it. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not really taking sides. I kind of, under, I understand where the mayor is coming from. I understand the decision, but I also understand the frustration of musicians here. And I was just thinking it the other day. Like, I mean, you can't keep us in limbo here. You know, either let us work or get the stimulus passed and get us some money. Because you know, I mean, it's just not, it's. It's really very unfair, you know, because we do want to work. It's not like we're sitting around being lazy and shit. We, we want to work. But people are in bad shape, man. People are running out of money. And it's, oh, yeah, you know, no New Orleans is, is a huge uh, area where, where you have working musicians, people who rely on performing to, to make a living. And it's not only here, obviously, like New York, Broadway's closed till next year. But, you know, th they're not... Anybody that's working in that business, the same deal. They're not get. They may be getting some some unemployment, but they're not getting the the extra stimulus thing. But today, yeah. today apparently there was a stimulus deadline, so it's yet to be determined if that's going to happen. I mean, I was watching the news earlier today, and it didn't seem like uh, it didn't seem like they were anywhere close or whatever. But they said this deadline. I, I, I they got to get it together, man. That's all. You know, get it together. Like, cause I. I mean, I understand the dangers of this whole pandemic and everything, and I will abide by the the rules that that the especially the medical professionals are laying out there. But you know, I I am in the same boat, man. I need I need to make money, and I I would go out if they open the clubs up and we can go work. I'll go work. You know, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I ain't scared. Yeah, but like you said, it doesn't seem like. That, that everything's gonna be closed, you know, through the end of the year, for sure. Yeah, and we're we're we have more of an advantage down here because the weather. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, because it stays warm-ish. It does get cold, but you can, for the most part, through the winter, you can still play outdoor gigs. Um, so, because it doesn't snow here, <laughs> you know, in Jersey it snows, Louisiana not so much. Right, right. Um, but uh, uh, you know, but still, that like uh, an outdoor gig here and there doesn't really cut it. It's for an income. You know, we're used to playing four nights a week, five nights a week, whatever. 
It, yeah, something, something's got to something's got to give, and soon. But anyway, I uh, <clears throat> looking forward to this gig Sunday, and we had a rehearsal last night, which I didn't know we were going to do. But uh, Tracy, our singer, band leader, decided she wanted to get together, and we were gonna try to learn a new song, but didn't happen. But we did get together last night with everybody except for the second singer, the male singer dude, because he's in Mississippi, I believe. Um, is he doing the gig with you guys? He is, I'm told. Uh, if he, if for some reason he doesn't show up, then we can, we can still get through the gig without him. Um, but, but he is supposed to do the gig. Yes. Um, okay. And so this is my that was my first time last night playing bass since I broke my arm, and. Uh, not the first time since the whole pandemic because we had gotten together and did a live stream in May. But, That's right. But uh, I broke my arm in June, and I I picked up my bass a little bit before rehearsal. I didn't play really. I didn't sit, sit and play really more than 15 minutes. I know we talked about this last week, like do 15 yeah. minutes every day. <clears throat> I did it a couple times, but I didn't really do it all that much. I, I, I spent time learning this one song, which we didn't end up doing anyway. Uh, but I felt pretty good, you know, just sitting and playing. I felt like, okay, you know, like I, I feel all right. But then last night at rehearsal, we, we rehearsal was like two hours. And we basically went through, uh, I'd say 75% of the songs that we're going to be playing Sunday, we played last night. Just to kind okay. of refresh all of us. Like Tracy's, she was running it and she, she was calling out the songs last night. And, you know, she just wanted to, Especially for her voice, you know, and I and I didn't really realize this because I was thinking like, ah, oh, we we all know these songs, like we don't need to rehearse them. But for her, for it's different singing at home or singing in the shower or singing in karaoke or whatever than it is singing in a full band situation. Right. Oh yeah. You know, so she really needed to kind of open up her pipes a little bit. So we did that. So we even rehearsed like, you know, simple songs like "No Hard to Handle" and stuff. We played it, um, and you know. Um, all the stuff that we played a hundred, hundred, and a hundred, and a hundred more times, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it felt good, man. It, it really, it it felt. I'm not. I don't mean physically. I just mean, you know, it just felt good to be in a room with these guys and playing, and and it it, it was very. It was somewhat surreal for me, because, because uh, again, because I haven't really played bass in the last four months. Right. And, and and I think I was a little nervous about it. Like, can I still play? Do I still know these songs? How are my fingers going to work? How is, you know, how's this going to work with my arm? And really as soon as we started playing full volume, it just felt so good. It was like, wow, like I it, it, I almost amazed myself. Like, wow, I can still do all these things. I, I how do I how can I still do all these things? How do I remember these songs? How do my fingers remember what to do? I was like I, you know, I was thinking these things to myself as I'm playing and singing, too. Like, we were singing uh, the harmonies. Me, keyboard player Seth, and, and drummer Brent were all singing harmonies. And it just sounded so good. And the harmonies, I was like, oh, I, I really, I didn't realize how much I missed doing that until last night when we were doing it. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, felt good. I, I will say with, with my arm, the thing that hurt the most was my shoulder. My shoulder was really 
taken taken a beating last night, and it, it it hurt. You know, it was very uncomfortable. Is it overcompensating for your elbow? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because that's because they work on my shoulder at physical therapy. Be- oh. Because of that, it's because my shoulder was fine after. Like by the time I got to surgery, my shoulder was fine. But then after surgery, that's when I started to overcompensate with my shoulder because I couldn't extend my arm, and then my shoulder I got tendonitis and it's my shoulder is all screwed up now so we're working on that in physical therapy but that's the thing that hurt the most when I was playing bass and I for the most part I was sitting down playing I was I stood up for a couple songs and but for the most part I was sitting down so I'll tell you next week what how, what this experience is like cuz Sunday is the gig where I won't be sitting down I'll be standing up and we're doing we're doing two sets we're doing an hour and a half and then probably about a, a forty-five minute set. So, um, so that's the equivalent of three sets on Bourbon Street. Which three sets on Bourbon Street is nothing. Um, so yeah, right. That's like not even half a night. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. I feel good about the playing, though. I mean, I might have to endure some pain through it, but I feel I feel good about. You know, being able to get get up there and play bass, so, um, so yeah, and uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to the experience. I don't know. I know the venue. I I know it's a really nice place, but I, we're playing outside, which I've never seen the outside area where we're going to be playing. So I'm excited to just see that, just to get there, and you know that feeling of like when you go into a gig and you never never been to the place before, like what's it going to look like? What's the stage oh, going to yeah. be like? Who's you know? So. So there's that. Um, so, but yeah, band's ready. Band sounded good, and uh, none of us wore masks. Oh, actually, that's not true. Uh, the, the keyboard player wore a mask last night at rehearsal. Nobody else did, including me. Uh huh. I felt okay. I felt comfortable. I'm fine. It's a gathering of five people, so coronavirus doesn't do that. Coronavirus doesn't bother when there's only five people. It's only when there's a hundred people that coronavirus is like, ah, oh, yeah, now I can get my work done. <laughs> of course, I'm just kidding. Out there, so safe. you hope. Be safe. Wear a mask, everybody. Yes. Yeah, man. Like you said, it's going to be a challenge for you know when they do open up and try to have bands inside again because you, you can't really sing with a mask. Although a buddy of mine just did a duo. Um, with his buddy, the two guys, right? Uh, two guitar players sing. Uh, sorry, keyboard player, guitar player, both sing, and they, they played two gigs, gay gigs indoors, and they had to wear masks while singing. While singing, you know, you can, you really yeah. can. And no, he said he got, he's like it's a little kooky to get used to at first, but he's like it's not as long as you you know adjust the mic, it's it's really not uh, much, that much different. You know, you have to, you know, the clarity. Because he got the mask in front of you, but you can do it. Yeah, because our keyboard player last night had a mask on and he was singing backups. You know? Yeah, singing harmonies. So yeah, yeah, you can, you can it can be done. It looks weird, but it's I I guess it's something everybody's getting used to. You know, just talking. Oh, yeah, I mean, every, dude, everywhere you go, I mean, up here, you know, you, as soon as you get out of your car, if you're going in to any public place, you have to have a mask on. Right. Yeah. Same here. So. Yeah. So I'm used to talking to people with a mask on or like and not seeing their mouth move. You know, just you know. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Um 
it's an interesting thing. I don't know if we talked about it. I, I know I talked about this with somebody, but it's an interesting thing, like meeting somebody now. And if you're wearing masks, because you're only seeing their eyes, you know, yep. and, and the rest of the face makes expressions and you kind of, you know, you determine how somebody's feeling or, or, or just what they're like based on their expressions. And now it's only their eyes that you're going by. You know, yeah. and that's, that's an interesting thing. Like, <clears throat> I, you know, I'm doing my physical therapy three times a week and there's this, there's this girl there that is kind of a utility girl. She's sort of, walks around the room and cleans things up and helps out wherever she needs to. And I've only seen her with a mask on until, right. until yesterday and kind of saw her from a distance. And, and I thought like, wow, she's kind of cute. You know, I was thinking this the whole time. She seems, she seems like uh, she might be kind of cute. And then I saw her and standing probably about 15 feet away from me without a mask on. And my opinion changed <laughs> the way she, the way uh, she looked as far as her appearance. Because I saw the rest of her face, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, she's not as cute as I thought. So, so your whole face matters. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna make up shirts that say that. Your whole face matters. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, but my physical therapist, the one who works with me. I've seen her without a mask on because every once in a while she'll take it off. If she's, uh, you know, if she's standing far away from enough from people, so I've seen her enough, enough times without a mask on. But she's, uh, she and I, she get we get along really, really well, and we talk all the time. Like, which I'm so grateful for, man. Having this, because you know, this experience of doing this whole physical therapy three times a week, get my arm back in shape, is, you know, it's it's a thing. You know, it's it's something that I really it's it's really a daily thing, because when I'm not there, I'm I'm working doing exercises at home. I'm wearing splints at home, right? Um, so I'm really really so super grateful that I have somebody that I'm working with that is that I like, you know, a person that I like, and uh, she's gonna come to the show on because she told me, you know, over a month ago, maybe maybe only a couple sessions into our our thing. She said, the first time you go back and play, I'm going to come. And so I told her, you know, we're playing Sunday. And she said, okay, I'm going to come. And she, she FaceTimed her mom yesterday when I was at therapy and got her mom to make sure uh, she's watching her kids so she can come. So, Oh, so she's really coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's really going to come. That's great. And she's going to bring uh, – I think she's going to bring somebody else from – from there, from the office, or, or one of her friends, or maybe a couple of friends. I'm trying to encourage everybody. You know, always the marketer, trying to get people like, hey, come on, Sunday. We're no, but say, you know, it's nice if, if like you said, if, if she was confirming that she had a sitter, you know, then you know she's not just saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely coming. And then, oh, something came up, and you know, I couldn't make it. Yeah, yeah. I, she, I've never gotten the impression from her that she's a bullshitter. And, uh, yeah. So I think she would have told me, you know, she tells the truth, which I appreciate, you know, from people, because that doesn't happen with a lot of people. So yeah, and uh, I I don't know, uh, you know, I'll report about it next week. I don't know what to expect with this, but um, ready. I do have to bring my whole rig 
and that's a little bit of a challenge for me to, to pick up an amp and stuff, but I, I'll, I'll uh, make it work. Yeah, how did you get all your gear out of the club? It's well, it's a, a combo amp. It's an Ampeg combo amp, and and a a, a Mark Base two ten cabinet. The Mark Base two ten cabinet is super light, man. Those Mark, I love. They sound so good, and and they're so light. It's crazy. Like, um, I I don't know how they do it, but they're they're super light. So I just, I I just needed my left arm to pick that up, and and same with the Ampeg. I was able to just pick it up with my left arm and put it in. And I mean, my right arm, right arm's not dead. You know, it works. So yeah, yeah, but it's recovering. You don't want to, you know. True. Re-injure. Yes. Or, you don't want to overstrain it. You know, it's only been what? It was June. June nineteenth was my. Yeah, so you're forty percent. You're forty percent healed. Really? Where'd you come up yeah, with that number? It's ten percent a month. Says who, Doctor Tony? Says the doctor that did both my shoulders when I asked him initially, I said, how long until I'm 100%, like when I go back to the gym and I can do this? And he said, you can start drumming right away, you know, in lower limb area motions, it will help. But he said, your shoulders, your when you have surgery, it typically it heals 10% a month. He said, so in 10 months, you'll be 100%. In a year from now, yes, you can be going to the gym and you should be able to do all the things you did before. But it takes a long time. Okay. Well, that actually is encouraging to me because I think I've come a pretty long way. And if I'm only 40%, then yeah. that, that's encouraging to me because I, I really feel like I can do most normal things with my arm now. But I still can't extend it all the way, and I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to. Um, I can't. The supination, I can't twist it. You know, I, it's getting better, but... You know, still a long way to go with that. And uh, it, my wrist was hurting a little bit last night, too, after after playing. So, But I have wrist splints. I have supination splint. I have extension splint. I have flexion splint. I have five splints. Right. Wow. I don't wear them all every day, but some days I do. Well, w there's two of them I do every day, the supination and the extension, because those, those are the two biggies. My flexion is pretty good. Uh, uh, it's my flexion has come a long way. Um, well, like you said, muscle memory is an amazing thing. You know, you were able to play, yes, effortlessly, like you were just played yesterday. You know, yes, yeah, and it's just the remembering of the songs thing that I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I was still kind of blown away at myself. Like, how do I know this? And and it's it. I know there's there's a. Uh, there's people that have written about this, about music and how it contributes to memory and and how it how it helps people with memory, you know. Like, because if you hear a song like on the radio that you haven't heard in 20 years and then you remember the words, it's like, how the hell do I remember those words? I haven't heard that song in 20 years. But right, there's, yeah. but there's something in music, something about music that helps with memory. So I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that I remembered these songs. There was a couple little things, a couple of chord changes that I forgot, but then, but then it came back to me, um, pretty quickly. But just yeah, even muscle memory, like you said, I I didn't have to really think last night about when I was playing these songs. I didn't have to think uh, uh, until I came up to that time when I was, what is that chord change? Because uh, I I played something wrong, and then I was like, oh wait, wait, it's not that. It's what? What is it? 
So that's the only time I have to think. But, you know, 95% of what I played last night, I didn't have to think. Fantastic. Excellent. That's what 37 years of playing does for you. Helps your yeah. memory. That's what I'm saying. Muscle memory, your your mind, you know, just the way the body works. Like it may have been injured, right? But it's not forgotten what to do. That's correct. Which is good too that, you know, all your uh, nerves and everything traveling through your elbow, right? Down to your hand or, or not damaged because you, you have, you know, feeling and you can play the strings, you know? Sure. Yeah, I have feeling. That's good. Yes, it is good. Um, so... Yeah, so that's that's that update. I don't we don't have anything else on the horizon as far as playing is concerned, but Tracy seems gung ho about trying to get some gigs outside the quarter or uh, which is our only option right now. Um Right. She you know, she doesn't really know how to do all this stuff, but but she's she said the way she got this was just by showing up to this venue a couple times and getting to know people that were at the venue and and then yeah yeah so that's what you do that's really what you got to do and i i've always kind of touted that as a a a, a way to get work you know in the non-covid era is if you want to play somewhere go to that place go go to that venue go see another band go meet the people that are there the bartenders the the doorman the you know whoever just go show your face Get to know the place. Get to know where where's the bathroom. You know what time do they close? Who you know? Uh, right. What, what time is happy hour? Like, learn everything about it, and go see other bands there, and be be a, a spectator. Go meet that band. You know when they're on break, go. You know, shake their hand, say, "Oh, that you know that was a really good song," or, or "I love your tone," or "Let me buy you a beer," or whatever. Just you know, go there. So that's what basically what she did. And that's how we got this gig. So I really highly encourage that for anybody, anytime. You know, that's that's really a, a, that's what kind of what I did when I was younger. Um, and without yeah, no, I mean, listen, people want to work with people they know, right? So you know, like you said, right. if you show up and hang out and get to know people, then you know, you eventually you get in. Yeah, and just be cool. You know, don't be the the, the folded arms guy. Standing in there. Yeah, don't be like the second time you really get to know the guy. Be like, "Hey, man, can I get my band to play here?" <laughs> right, or the first time, especially. Like, don't don't start off with that. If you're meeting somebody, like, "Hey, man, Joe, I'm just, I'm great to here. meet like, you. I have a band. When can I play here?" Right, right. Go and be just a spectator. Be a cool person. Check it out. See what's going on. Get a vibe. Get a feel for the vibe of the room. You know, no, no. Be honest with yourself. If you you're somebody that could play there, or you or your band, is right. it is it appropriate for that venue? You know, do do all that due diligence. That really helps you in the long run. Because um, so, who knows, like what this will lead to. Now we got this gig, so you never know. You'll meet somebody else there, or you know or or the venue likes you so much that they say hey we're going to have you back you know we're doing this again next month or whatever right so, so you want to do it so it, it's it, it's an interesting dynamic man for me to to be going out there again in this capacity cuz i'm so used to the bourbon street thing which it was a job it was a four nights a week you're showing up it became a rigmarole type of thing 
you know, it's the same thing, the same people, the same songs, you know, the, the same everything. And, and and I'm in a way, I'm glad this happened, this this whole COVID thing, and we got because it really it 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 offers a, a, a new life challenge. So I, I kind of, as far as my career is concerned, playing, you know, in in that respect, it, I I, uh, I welcome that. I welcome change. I, I'm one of those people that just does that. I know you are too. Oh yeah, I mean, listen, you have to, yeah. right? I mean, change is the one thing that's constant. So, you know, you have to adapt all the time. Yes. Um, so. To, to take this to another place, uh, Van Halen, still on the collective consciousness of oh, yeah. of a lot of people having lost Eddie, and it's really kind of reverberating through the music industry and through the, the fan base, the, the impact of that that he had on music, because I'm still... There's a, a channel on Sirius XM, it's channel 27, which is normally deep tracks, but it's now the Van Halen tribute channel, and that is locked, basically locked on my, in my car, uh, on that channel. So when I get in my car, I turn on the car, it's Van Halen is playing, right? And I don't change, <laughs> I don't change the channel. So whenever I'm That's driving, great. yeah, and it's really cool discover rediscovering stuff that I had never heard or just re. Uh, finding a, a a new appreciation for the stuff that I know, um, falling in love with Van Halen again. So I did an article on Van Halen tribute bands, and uh, I spent quite a bit of time on this man. I spent I really spent a lot of hours on researching and and constructing this article, and I published I published it yesterday um, after. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many hours I worked on it. Twenty hours, maybe, considerable amount of time, and not in a row either. But um, it, at, at first, it didn't get response too much response, and then one of the bands that is in the list got wind of it, and then they started sharing it, and then it started to kind of blow up more, which I was like, I was pretty psyched about. But um, I see. Um, my selection process for this, this is the way I did it because this is the only option I have. I'm, I'm sitting here in my apartment in New Orleans. The only way for me to know what Van Halen tribute bands are out there is to search on the internet, right? Pretty, pretty logical, right? Yeah. So what I did, what, what I first did was I went on Google and I just typed in Van Halen tribute bands and went through two or three pages through Google to see who there were. And, and I, my, my goal was to have eight in the article, to have the top eight. I wanted to do the top eight. So I went through like three, three pages of Google and I, I found 10 different bands that were listed in Google. And then I went onto Facebook and did the same search uh, Van Halen tribute bands and kind of came up with the same ones. So it was pretty easy for me to figure out, okay, these are the bands that are really doing it, that are really serious, that are active, 
that that know what they're doing um and um so i had the list of 10 and then had to pare it down to eight which which ended up being pretty easy because two of the bands weren't really active or they didn't really have much material on online or whatever so i, I spent all this time putting it together it, it, it took a, a lot of time because with each band i wanted to go and see what what they had on on youtube what, what they had on a website where have they where have they been playing how often are they playing? Uh, you know, just like everything, I really dug into each band to see what the deal was, and I watched a bunch of their video. You know, I made sure I watched a bunch of each band's videos to really get right. a, to really get a feel for the band, uh, what the, what they look like, what what their thing is, and this. You know, I'm, I'm doing this without knowing these people personally, you know, or knowing the band person, or, or, or having seen them live, you know, myself. Uh, so it's challenging to really have to do a write-up like that. But I always also want to keep it positive. You know, I want to make sure that I'm highlighting what's good about this. You know, what's, what's, what, right. you know, what, why these guys, why these guys are bands you should go see um, or support or whatever. So I, I did end up with eight, uh, kind of, because one of the bands is named Un Unchained and I found two bands named Unchained and both of them didn't really have much information online. One of them had really none, and one of them had o only a little bit. But they didn't have a website. They didn't have uh, videos, really. But I'm sure you did find at least one or two that were like the ultimate Van Halen tribute band with like a kick-ass website, and you know the guys all look like the guys. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's a band called Atomic Punks from from California. They've been around since '94. Half of that band is comprised of of guys from uh, Steel Panther. Okay. If you're familiar with Steel Panther, they're a, like a metal mockery band, kind of. They, yeah. They do a lot of covers and stuff. Um, fantastic that band. The, the the videos anyway that you see of them doing Van Halen, just fantastic. Especially the singer, just like totally does the DLR thing. He he does the splits and does the, all the, the screams and stuff that, that Roth was known for. Right. And there's a video of them doing Unchained, and I was just like, wow, this is like, it's like Van Halen in 1984. Um, and isn't that cool that they, like, you can see them from 90s till now, and it, they still look very much similar, like the same, and you're getting that, like, 1984 Van Halen experience. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, that's what's great about tribute bands. I because now you can't go see Van Halen live, and people that are young, like your kids and stuff, and and that are into rock music, that's it's, there's no option. So the only thing that exists are tribute bands that that try to emulate exactly what the the band that they're honoring did. By wearing the clothes, by getting the gear, by doing the same stage show, the same songs, and people eat that up, man. People love it because it's this. The it's about the experience, right? Yep. And and if you can come close enough to sounding like that band, especially the vocals, the vocals are, are, are super important. Then there you go, man. Then you're really providing uh, something valuable to people. So that's why I wanted to do this. So there's that band. There's a band called Eighty Four. A tribute to Van Halen, also very close to to that uh, 
to, to the Van Halen thing. You know, they wear the clothes. A, a lot of the people, a lot of these bands, as far as picking the clothes are concerned, they go for the 1984 tour look where, where Eddie had that jumpsuit kind of thing with, yep. the, with, with the, the red and white thing. You know, you can picture it, I'm sure. Yes, Frankenstein guitar. Yeah, and the Frankenstein guitar. A lot of these guys, a lot of these guys out there have that Frankenstein guitar, and that's that's what you want if you're in a tribute band. You you, you know you you got to use. Even though Eddie later in later years wasn't using that as much. Like when it, the Hagar yeah. Hagar became the singer, he wasn't using that, and he had his own line of guitars and stuff. But, exactly. But the '84, he had that Frankenstein guitar, so you got to have that. Um, uh, there's a band called Fan Halen, who that that singer above anybody else sounds just like Roth. Like, I mean, it's about really sounds just like Dave. Yeah, it's about the tone, like about getting that tone. And if you can nail that tone, man, ooh, and this guy kills it. Um, there's a band called Nerd Halen, who <laughs> <laughs> right, who does a different take. They dress up like nerds. And they do kind of more a uh, tongue-in-cheek thing, but but they still honor the music. They still really play the songs. Uh, All right, so hang on. Back up a second. So do any of these bands pay tribute or pay homage to the giant drum sets that Alex Van Halen used to bring out? Because he always had very elaborate kits. Yes, yeah. Only one that I really saw right now that I can think of, and it was the band was 84. And they're from, they play uh, more southeast United States, so they play a lot of Florida. They have played in New Orleans because a friend of mine, I was talking about this to a friend of mine the other day, and he's like, oh, yeah, I know that guy he, uh, about the guitar player. He's like, yeah, I know that guy because they played in New Orleans before. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the drummer in 84 has, like, a big Alex kit. <laughs> like, with, with, cool. with the, uh, oh, God, I don't know what they're called. What are they like called? Like the accordion bass drums? No, no, not bad, but like the toms, like uh, what are they called? Oh, you know? the octobons or the roto yeah, toms. Yeah. I mean, he had so many. That was the thing about Alex, you know, like every album he had a new drum set. He changed <laughs> the configuration, you know what I mean? He changed the stuff he was using. I mean, back when I saw them, and I saw them a lot, you know, they, he always had like the big kits. He had the black and white kit. If you if you Google Alex Van Halen drum sets, there's a lot of them in like the museums and stuff, you know, for like rock and roll uh memorabilia type stuff and he always had extravagant kits like he had one bass drum off to the right that was a refrigerator that he kept beer in <laughs> that's nice I like that. it wasn't connected to anything it was just so he could have cold beer while they were playing on stage sure. right next to him just sure. open the door and pull it out there you go that's funny you know, stuff like that and they always had like lighting stuff on fire and you know he's uh had the bass drums and then he had like uh looked like you know accordions on them and then another bass drum in front of it so he had these like you know 10 foot long bass drums right right and that's uh, the toms uh, what do you call them they're, they're small and they have they're really long yeah those are octobons. octobons they come in different different lengths yeah yeah this this drummer in 84 had those he had like three, okay. or, three or four of those so that, that's pretty cool and he, he had octobons and he had roto toms which look like just a, like a drum hoop with a head on it and you spin it and you can change the, the tensioning and the tuning of it okay and I know he used those for a while. Then he had uh, electronics, you know, for 1984, for Hot for Teacher and all that, you know. And he started using triggers and samples on his kick drums. 
Um, Didn't he have like four kick drums or something on on that tour? Yes, yes, he always had four kick drums. He had the two main ones, and then the left and right ones were just for show because he wanted to have this gigantic drum set. And like I said, one of them, you know, he used to have like PA horns cut into the front of of some of his bass drum heads. So it was like a bass drum with a giant horn coming out of it, you know, like a PA horn. Right. And then, like I said, he had the other bass drum to his right was a cooler. You know, it had a refrigerator with a door on it. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's, dude, if you Google it, you'll totally goof and laugh and, like, stories he told of, like, he at the end of uh, I'm on fire, he wanted to light the drums on fire. So what the guy would do is he'd put the lighter fluid on the head, you know, and then they would light it on fire, and he would jam on it, it would splash and everything until the head burned up, and then it would, you know, go out. And he said, like, one night the guy got really overzealous with the lighter fluid and was, like, flooding the kit, and, like, it flashed when they lit it. It was, like, whoo, and, it, like, burned part of his hair off, and, you know, it was, like, the drum set was on fire, and oh, yeah, he had all kinds of good stories, like... You ever see that picture? There's a famous picture of Alex where he's like standing up on his seat, like with his fist in the air, like on top of the kit, kind of. Yeah. And he said, what he used to do is when the days when Dave would jump off the stage, like a wild man, at the end of the gig, like he would jump up and run up his drums and jump off, you know, off the riser, like off his drum set. Right. And he said he jumped and his shoelace got caught on a cymbal stand or something, and he took a header and broke his arm. Oh, shit. At a gig, you know, and then was like out for, you know, however many months of the tour. Seeing those things, those pictures of Dave or, or video of him <laughs> jumping and doing yeah. the split off the drum riser. I don't know how he didn't break his friggin' ankle every time. Like, how do yeah, you? Yeah, when you saw him do it, you'd be like, oh, he's doing jumps again and stuff like that. But then when you really think about it, he's like eight feet off the ground at his highest point. Yeah, know? even Eddie, like, was jumping way up high in the air while playing guitar. Like, how did they these guys not injure themselves more? I guess because you're young. So second question, so okay, it's good to see at least one guy is, is paying homage with the big drum set. What about the guitar players? Like out of all those bands, were, were the were you know the guys really was there one guy who was really like Eddie re- like reincarnated? The guy the the guitar player in 84 and he uh, I I'm told and I found out after the after I published this that he's not in the band anymore. But very young guy, he's under 30. At least, okay. in the, in, at least in the videos, and but he's got the long Eddie kind of full brunette hair, um, Frankenstein guitar, same clothes, and shred just like Eddie. Like you can tell. So I, I actually friend requested the guy on Facebook, and he accepted. And uh, you know he's he's full in. You know he's he's like a complete big fan and has studied all Eddie's. Sounds yeah, and, and it has everything. the chops to pull it off. Yeah, it has the chops to pull it off. But most of these guys, most of the the bands, that guitar player is killer, you know. And, and you know, you have to, you have to have. And it's it's no surprise because Eddie was such a huge influence on the music world, musicians world, that you're gonna have you know thousands of of Eddie wannabes, I guess. And out of those thousands, you're going to have a bunch that are really good. You know, I mean, that's that's just kind of stands to reason because people put in that work to it to do it. So there's that. But here's a point I wanted to make, and I and I alluded to it in the beginning, and I said I was going to get to it. And I'm going to get to it now. After I published this, and it started getting traction, and uh, people started commenting on Facebook about it. I got people saying, hey, you missed this band from blah, blah, blah. This band, blah, blah, blah. And and I got about four or five of comments like that. And w- what I responded was, do they have a Facebook page? Do they have a website? 
and I got a couple responses from those and then clicked on you know what 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 they offered what the, these bands had and one of them in, in particular uh, what, there was only two responses from this from from my inquiry and and one of them and I I don't remember right now the I think the name of the band was Mean Street okay didn't have a website and they did have a Facebook page and I went to their Facebook page and the, on Facebook that you have a section called about where you can describe your band or you can describe whatever it is your page is about. And in the about section, they didn't have anything written. So that's why I didn't know about this band. And there's a thing that, and I have to do a write-up about this. I'm going to do a write-up about this, but I could do a whole course on this, and I really might. I really should. I would really like to. About SEO. Do you know what SEO is? Do you know what it is? Yes, it has to do with getting traffic to your website. Do you know what SEO stands for? Superior efficiency optimization. <laughs> no, you got the last word right, though. Optimization. It's, it's search engine optimization. Search engine optimization. What that means is that you have to have the keywords. Keywords just mean the words that are relevant to what it is you are or what you do. You need to have those written down on your website, on your Facebook page, whatever online presence you have, you need to have those keywords because the keywords that I used to find these bands were Van Halen tribute bands. So if you're... If you're a Van Halen tribute band in your about section on your Facebook page, you need to have the words Van Halen tribute band written down. And this band did not. And that just blew me away. How can you not have those words written down? People search things by using words online. Words. The words that are relevant to the thing that they are looking for. So if you are something, <laughs> and I'm sure you're something, whatever that thing is that you are, you need to have those words written down. And a, a lot of times, too. And that's just really kind of part of SEO, but that's the, the most important part, is, is have the words written down about you that are the words that people would use to search for somebody like you. So, say you're a we wedding band in Peoria. Where's Peoria? Illinois? Yep. Peoria, Illinois. You have to have the words wedding band Peoria, Illinois written down on your Facebook page, on your Twitter, on your website. And you should have those written down a bunch of times because that's the way the Internet works. It's pretty simple when you think about it, right? Yeah. But uh, you got to be aware of that, like you said, in order to, you know, be conscious that you need to do that. Yes. You have to have, you have to understand how the internet works and how people find, and, and it's, it's so elementary that I guess that people skip over it because they just don't consider that. But it, it really is so elementary and fundamental to whatever 
shipping it is you have that you do. And then you need to include that stuff in everything you do. So if you have a YouTube account and you have videos, fill out the description. And that's that's the biggest offense that I see. People that have videos don't fill out that description on their YouTube page or or, or on their YouTube video. They, they post a video and they don't write any description in there. They don't fill because you can put any information in there. You can put tons of information in there, links to everything that you have, description about the video, where it is, when it was, why it was, whatever. You can't, I mean, you can't overdo it. So overdo it. Why not? <laughs> exactly. You can't <laughs> overdo it, so try to overdo it. Right, and people just don't do it. They they don't even consider it. They don't think about it. They just post the video, put it up, and then, all right, all right, cool. Hopefully people will see this. No, you need to to help people to see it because people search for things, and people will find things because, I mean, people will stumble upon your stuff by accident, but... What, why just rely on that? Do all the stuff that you can to make sure people will find you. And there's stuff that doesn't take long. It's free. Um, and it's not hard. Do that stuff. Um, because it, it, you never know. You'll end up in it. Because the, the, the band 84 was the first one really to realize that I did this article. Somebody... somebody uh, let those guys know that I did it and they saw it and they were like they were psyched and then they went and shared that article on their Facebook page and right. then the singer of the band went and shared it on his personal page and the tons and tons of comments started flooding in from from that saying congratulations you guys are deserve this man wow you guys awesome you know tons and tons of comments saying things like that and there you go. I mean, it, it's it, 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 maybe it's not going to help them all that much in the long run, but but it really kind of just helps boost their confidence and and perhaps it will boost their fan base. Who knows? But it's it's something that you need to 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 really focus in on and consider if if you have a band, you need to do these things. You really, 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 really super need to do these things. Have a website, have a Facebook page, have a Facebook group. Now, I really encourage Facebook groups too, but make sure you write everything about your band everywhere that you have presence online about your band. Write everything, every little thing about it. The, 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 uh, the members of the band, where they're from, who their influences are, because your, those keywords will work. If if like if you have a band, just a cover band, but your guitar player is super influenced by Eddie Van Halen, and he he uses the Frankenstein guitar, you know, even though it's not a Van Halen band or stuff, just write it down, write those things down, because then it, somebody that's searching for uh, guitar players who are like Eddie Van Halen will find you. You know, that's that's what you need to do. We're 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 in this age, that especially now with COVID, dude. When people aren't playing out, it's uh, it's it's about online, and who knows where this is going to go. But you need to understand how things work on the internet and uh, embrace it and do that work. It's not hard. It's free. It's easy. It's uh, and it's uh, uh, but it pays huge huge 
doing. So I wanted to make sure I touched on that today. Um, yeah, good topic for, uh, you know, like you said, something that not a lot of people know about. Right. You know, I know you and I talked about this a long time ago, you know, about how to optimize um, with the, through keywords, you know, and you had done a lot of research on it. I remember, you know, when, when you had gone through that whole thing to try to figure out what exactly gets traffic to your website, you know. Right. And it's, and it's always a learning process, too. It's something that I'm still always trying to get better at because um, you never know. But, but the fact that I did this article, once it kind of propagates, when people search Van Halen tribute bands, that article is going to show up on the first page. Right. You know, it doesn't right now, but I just published it yesterday. So it's going to take a little time. It takes a little time to kind of propagate, to get through for, for the spiders to find it, to make sure there's backlinks to all that stuff. And I always put backlinks. I, I, I make sure I do that in all the articles. And backlinks are just basically, uh, you know, I, I link to that, that band's website. I link to that band's YouTube page. I link to that band's Facebook page, whatever. I just put those in the article, make sure I do that because Google loves that. When there's backlinks to stuff, Google thinks, okay, this is something that's really important, and it, it makes the, the rank higher uh, for, for that content. So that's stuff that works. So we'll check back in a couple of weeks and make sure that that's in the, uh, in the, on, the, on page one, but I think it will be. Um, all right, so that's it. That's an hour. That was a quick hour. Uh, wow, yeah. Yeah, com. Make sure you sign up for you, your band, or both. Um, Again, it's something we work on every day, and it's, it's something that's growing all the time and will really be uh, the, the place to find bands, to be bands. And uh, there's already a ton of content on there. There's articles, memes. Uh, you can post your, your co- upcoming events, whether it's an in-person event or a live stream. You can post that there. But it's free to join, coverbandcentral.com. You can join for you, your band, or both. Go do that right now. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Peace. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. 
Pantheon.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 